chapter 6, as we work our way through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Revelation on Sunday mornings, chapter 6, let's get to a bunch of horsemen, shall we? Now I saw when the Lamb opened up one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say unto me, with the voice of a loud thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened up the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. Now another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to, to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and the people should kill one another, and there should be given to him a great sword. And when he had opened up the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. And so look, I behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarii, and three quarts of barley for a denarii. Do not harm the oil and the wine. And then he opened up the fourth seal, and I heard the fourth, uh, the, the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And so I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death, and his brother Hades followed him. And the power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, and with death, and by the beast of the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all of the Bible. We thank you for this book of Revelation written to the believers, not to the unbelievers. For, Lord, they, don't, they just don't understand it until your Holy Spirit comes inside of these living vessels. So, Lord, as we saw today in the psalm, forgive us of our iniquity. Cleanse us, Lord. And so we ask that you'd bless and enrich our time, that you would give us wisdom and understanding. Bless those, Lord, who are watching us at home. In Jesus' name, amen. You ready for hell on earth? <laughs> uh, I heard no over here, uh, but let's put it all in context of where we are where are we? Last week we left off with chapter 5 and we started to look at this event in between or during or right after or we don't know when, but this Ezekiel 38 battle, this, this Israeli-Russian-Arab-Islamic attack and you can see that, and, and by the way, don't every time there's an intifada or a fighting in Israel, don't everybody go, it's time. No, it's not, because if the bear doesn't move, then nothing is happening, and who is the bear? The bear is rushed. Oh, good for you. Nice participation. We'll see what happens in second service. A little pressure on them. So it's good, right? When the bear moves, right? then we will, we will see what's going on. The bear's not moving. Putin's not doing anything. He is just quietly, quietly supplying arms to Iran and Iran to Hezbollah, right, and to the other terrorist organizations. And so 
I, I happen to think that what's probably going to start the battle is when Israel just says, all right, and hits a couple of main targets, and it's going to force is uh, it's going to force Russia into the fight. Iran will be pulled into the fight. And again, if you uh, didn't hear that message last week, pick up his, uh, last week's message or Ezekiel 38 and 39. So when is the rapture of the church? Well, we're not really sure. It is during the event. We see the, listen, if it's during the event, because we know from last time that the end of the battle starts this peace treaty that we will see today with the four, first rider on the horse. So if we see the battle, I'm just telling you, it's excitement time. Come down, bring, you know, bring a beverage. We'll have a, a little Bible study and we'll just wait for the trumpet to blast. But I have a feeling that it's not going to be like that because Jesus says um, this, this hour that's coming upon the world, this tribulation period, will be, be so as a thief in the night. I, I really have, I don't think that the church is going to know. It's just going to be, uh, we're gone. And as we saw, they're going to say peace and safety. And so when Israel and the world is saying peace and safety, is the world saying that right now? Not really. So, but again, at any moment, that trumpet will blast and the church is out of here. I, I need to keep saying that because you look at a section like this, and by the way, from this point on to chapter 19, it is literally hell on earth. But you need not fret, church. You need not worry because the church is not here. Amen? Amen. So it's exciting to read this. It's not weird. It's exciting. Because when you see the players and you see things happening, we're going to see something today uh, that only COVID-19 really brought to uh, the forefront in this section of Scripture. Oh, you're waiting for that. By the way, if you think COVID-19 was something, just wait till the tribulation. No one should be afraid if you are a believer. If you don't know Jesus, I will terrify you by the end of the message. And I hope I will scare the hell out of you and scare you into heaven. I don't care how you get there as long as you get there. You don't want to be here during this. Now, the other thing I need to mention before I even launch into it is that, you know, you look at these horses and it looks like, hey, it's like one day after another. That is not what is happening here. We have a, a seven-year tribulation period broken up into a three-and-a-half and a three-and-a-half-year period. We don't know how long in between these are going to happen. I have a feeling that the first rider, which we'll see is Antichrist, he's going to come on the stage, and then it will either be months or years until the next thing happens. But once they start happening, no one will be able to turn the switch off. Everybody got that? So once it's in motion... It will continue to go into motion until Jesus comes at the end of seven years. So, now when I saw the lamb and he opened up one of the seals, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud, thunderous voice, come and see. So, the rapture of the church has happened, and I want to set the stage of what planet Earth looks like. So if this battle is going on, this Russian invasion with Islam against Israel, you've that, you got that going on. But if the rapture of the church happened right then, what does the world look like? Well, the world looks like what it 
kind of looked like last year, just on steroids. Mass hysteria, and as we'll, we will see, mass delusions. The thing that you need to understand that I think a lot of people miss is that there will be no children on planet Earth. They will all be gone. Every child will be gone, be it Muslim, Hindu, Aborigine, everybody's always worried about those people in the jungle. They're fine. All the kids are gone. Now imagine what that's going to look like. You see, the rapture of the church might not affect Islam in the way of taking a lot of people out of Islam or Hinduism, but it is going to take their children. How do you know that? Because number one, God is a just God. And number two is when the children of Israel were going to go into the land of promise and how the parents had complained and God said to them, listen, uh, because you think that I am going to kill your children in the wilderness because basically I'm a cruel God, you are not going to go into the land, but I will take care of your children. There's a, there's a prophet who wanted to be a non-prophet. His name was Jonah. Remember that guy? He went to Nineveh. Man, that guy had an anger management problem. Right? He eventually gets there to Nineveh, and he's having a conversation. He's sitting on the, after he's gone into the city and says, in 40 days, God will judge him, right? He goes on top of the hill, and he's like, I can't wait to see God destroy the Ninevites. And then God allows this gourd to come up this plant to shade him from the heat. Remember that? And he's like, this is great. I'm still waiting for the fire and brimstone. And nothing happens. The next day, the gourd dies, and Jonah's bummed over the plant. And God comes to him and says, buddy, hey, you're worried about a plant. But what about the 200,000 in the city who are young and who don't know their right hand or from their left hand? Will not I protect them? And so we have this premise in the Bible that God is going to take care of the innocent. How impactful is a world without children? What will that do? You see, now it affects every single person on planet Earth. Now the rapture just isn't about about Christians, that is, but now it's about Kids completely gone. Now, will there be kids born after the rapture and the tribulation? Absolutely. But during this event that's going to take place, there will be no kids. What does that look? Hey, the teachers union will love it. (laughs) Oh, like you weren't thinking the same thing. (laughs) So think about this. You got mass hysteria, and as we're going to see in a minute, a mass delusion going on on planet Earth. So it is ripe for verse 2, and then we'll dive into him again. And by the way, from this point on, can I just say this? I have no idea where I'm stopping or where I'm ending. We are just, we have all this information to work through through the book of Revelation. I have goals, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to reach those goals each Sunday. Amen. So you're supposed to have grace. So he said, I looked and behold a white horse. Oh, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, for some people, they look at it and they go, it's Jesus Christ. No, it's not. He's at the end, not the beginning. He's not in the tribulation. By the way, there's certain things here. The only thing that makes this verse and what Jesus comes in the end is 
both of them are on a white horse. They both have crowns, but the crowns are different. One has a bow. Jesus has a sword. Giddy up. He ain't playing. So there's, there's an image, and people have thought, this is Jesus. This isn't Jesus. This is the anti-Jesus. It is the anti-Christ. That word means instead of. So the devil's a big poser, and he is going to set forth his counterfeit trinity in the tribulation period. He knows that he has a little time left, and he will do whatever he can to take as many millions as billions, or whatever the number will be, with him into hell. So he says he had a bow and a crown was given to him. Again, this is, the, this is not a diadem. Jesus has a royal crown on his head. It's a different Greek word. This is Stephanos. This is what they would get if you uh, ran in the Olympics. You were the victor. But listen, it was given to Antichrist, which says he is given authority. In fact, given to him means it was only authorized by God. The only way that this man, who is going to arise out of the European Union, we'll see that in a minute, the only reason he is able to do what he is doing is because it is granted by God. When we get into Job, you're going to understand that in chapter 1 and 2, that the forces of evil can do nothing on planet Earth without authorization. And I love that. And that should help you as well, not to fear, not to be worried about what's going on. So note with me, he has a bow, but he has no arrows. He has a crown, but it was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. So it seems that he, when he does his job uh, after this battle and he brokers peace, we're going to see that in a minute, we're going to go to the Old Testament is that he is able to do something that no one has ever been able to do on planet Earth, which was broker peace between Jew and Arab. Remember, this is a Jacob and Esau problem. I was talking to someone in between services last week, and I said, this is a brother fight. This is as old as Ishmael and Isaac. This fight that's been going on between Jew and Arab, they have the same blood that's flowing in their veins. It's a family problem. And what do you do? Well, let the family get in a room and duke it out. Well, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. In fact, Jesus said, he said, you didn't hear me, but there will come another in my name and him you will hear. The Jews did not accept Jesus the first time, but there is one coming in which will be a like Messiah to them, and they will hear. All right, let's journey to the Old Testament. Let's go to Daniel chapter 8, and then we will go to Daniel chapter 9, and then we'll go to Thessalonians. Daniel 8, Old Testament. Verse 23, now Daniel has been given visions of different things and different geopolitical scenes through the book of Daniel. And at the end of this chapter, he mentions this one that is coming. And he says in verse 23, note with me, Daniel 8, verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, 
and by the way, this kingdom is speaking about the Greco-Roman kingdom uh, that was after Alexander the Great. So whatever was set up after, which we know ends up being the Roman Empire, what we know as the Roman Empire in Europe in totality, he says, in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. This guy's creepy. Yes, but he will be on GQ. He will look and he will talk. In fact, the Bible talks about his words that he speaks. This guy, you think uh, politicians today give good speeches. Wait till this guy steps on the scene and what he is going to look like and sound like. He is going to give people everything that they have ever wanted. A world without God, a world without boundaries, and an economic explosion on planet Earth that the world has never seen. By the way, I don't want to go off, but when we're all gone, how many cars are available for, the, for people who are here? How many houses? There's going to be a housing market crash. But... You'll be able to, don't freak out. You're like, someone creepy is going to sleep in my bed? Yes. But you won't care. Leave a note on the side. I've been raptured. Here's a Bible. Open up to this section. Amen? They're going to eat your food. Pet your cat. Oh, I've, I stepped over the line. Don't say that about my cat. <laughs> the world is going to know, there is so much. Think about the bank accounts. You know what I, I think is funny is, and listen, no, there's nothing wrong with a 401k or a retirement plan, but we worry about things that other people are about to enjoy. <laughs> you didn't know that. You didn't know that you were setting somebody up for, yeah, but listen, that's, this is the best world that they will ever have for a very short amount of time. And then the wrath of God is going to be poured upon them, and they will say, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. We didn't even get out of this first verse. So he has fierce features who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not his own power. Do you see that? Who is given in this power will ultimately Satan will indwell this man. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. Do you see that? So not only is he going to uh, take um, planet earth and sorry there's just so much that's going on we're going to get to it in revelation there are going to be 10 zones set up on planet earth and by the way they're already set up today we live in zone one just so you know zone one is canada america and south america and there's there we already have these zones set up and he will set this all up, and these will be regional zones to which this one man will control. But note with me, it says there is a time when he is going to bring prosperity, and people will thrive just for a short minute. <laughs> Wait till we get to horse two. Um, and he shall destroy the mighty and also who? The holy people. Whatever army will come against Antichrist, he will destroy. 
Eventually, the Chinese will get into a battle with him as well. Um, Russia will eventually get in a battle at the end as well. They, there's going to be a lot of infighting that's going to go on, probably the United States at some point, and he will subdue everybody at that point. But notice also the holy people. He will come after the Jews eventually. You think anti-Semitism is on the rise today? Wait till, the, till this beast comes on planet Earth. Remember, there's a false peace that he sets up. We're going to get to that in chapter 9. Sets up a false peace. There's a false narrative of peace going on. Uh, I wanted to go somewhere, but I'm going to restrain myself. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule. What does it look like when the Holy Spirit's restraining force is off planet Earth? We're going to read that in 2 Thessalonians. What happens when evil is allowed to do what evil does? What happens when there is no border and the cartel can bring over whatever they want across the border? What does that look like when all evil is unleashed on planet Earth? When men and women's heart is just as the day of Noah to do evil continually. What does it look like when the church is gone, the restraining force? Well, <laughs> he causes deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall himself in his heart, all, he's also deceived, and he shall destroy many in their prosperity, and he shall even rise against the prince of princes. Who's that? Jesus. The idea is that he, he's going to use blasphemous words. Revelation is going to tell us that. He's going to say, that, that God up there, and by the way, and, uh, we're going to get to it in a minute. Everybody knows on planet Earth that what is happening is because of their sin and the failure of mankind. But because of the hardness of their heart, they don't change, and they continually be deceived. He says, and he shall destroy many in their prosperity and, and shall even rise against the prince of, prince of princes. And he shall be broken, listen, without human means. Jesus is going to deal directly with this character. And he will throw him and the false prophet into the lake that burns with fire. <laughs> Yay. All right. It's okay to be excited about people getting thrown. All right. Just him. We don't want anybody else going in there. And the visions of the evening and the morning, it was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision. Listen, for it refers to many days in the future. Daniel, this isn't for you to understand. This isn't even for those to understand who come after you a thousand years. It literally is several thousand years later. That's where we are. And now, because we live in the time of the end, we can start to understand that. Amen? Don't be confused. Buck up. Let's keep going. Don't be afraid. Who's afraid? All right. Thank you. can always count on the Italians. Thank you. I don't know what my people are doing, but... All right, next chapter, chapter 9. And we mentioned this last week, but I'm going to read the whole section, and then we'll... We'll get to the Antichrist portion. Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city, Jerusalem, the Jews, 
to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make a reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up visions and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. And the street shall be built and the wall even in troublesome times. That's the days of Nehemiah. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. That means crucified. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. That's the Romans in 70 AD. They destroy that. And the end of it shall be with the flood until the end of war and desolations are determined. Then he, this is the guy that we're talking about on the first horse, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, one seven-year period. But in the middle of that week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. That's interesting. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even the consummation which is determined is poured out on and is desolate. Okay. Turn to Thessalonians, and I'll talk over that. So this guy comes out of the Roman, uh, the former Roman Empire, wherever that is um, today. And the former Roman Empire included North Africa as well, but all the way up into Britannia, Britain, as well as most of Europe, but not Russia. So this guy is going to come out of that. But think about it. Do you think any European leader today is going to walk into Israel and broker peace today? No. What is it going to cause? It's going to cause something supernatural to happen for an uh, Islamic and a Jew to come together. There is going to be something. Now, we talked about how there was a great earthquake in Jerusalem during that time, and it could very well be that the thing that causes this guy to walk in and broker peace is there's no Alaska Mosque and the Dome of the Rock. They're both destroyed. And he says, hey, we're going to broker peace in here, and we're going to split up the Temple Mount so everybody can worship. But eventually he will come against not only the Jews, the holy people, but also Islam. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 2.1. Do you see how much information there is? By the way, there is uh, almost as much information. It's the second guy in the New Testament and in the Bible that there is more written about than Messiah is Antichrist. He is dotted all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. But what Paul does is he gives us a very clear understanding of what's going on. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1. Now, brethren, that's us, right? Because we're brethren. Concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together to him, we ask you. He just called it the rapture of the church. He says, not to be soon shaken in mind and trouble. Now, we had gone through this last year uh, in 2 Thessalonians, and I need you to hear that. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not to be soon shaken in mind. You are not to fret you are not to fear the things of the, old, uh, of the coming and of the end days. That is not something, because we know what's happening, therefore, well, we shouldn't be worried about it. He says either by spirit or by word or by letter. Don't worry about what's on YouTube. 
Can I say that? Who, did I, I hear an amen? There is a lot of misinformation and junk and pointing our attention away from Jesus Christ. By the way, it's hard for me to teach about the Antichrist because who are we supposed to focus on? Jesus Christ. I could care less about this guy. I was trying to figure out what kind of title to give this message, and I thought, I thought oh, Michael, maybe we'll do the jerk that rides on a white horse. But then I thought, uh, that's not very Christian. But I'm thinking it. So don't be soon shaken, amen? Don't worry about what we are learning because we're not here. All right. As if from us and through the, and though the day of Christ had come. He said, let no one deceive you by any means. Is that pretty clear, church? For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin, that's our guy, is revealed the son of perdition. Now, that word falling away can mean depart, but it's our word apostasy. So yes, the world is apostasy, it is getting close to that. And the church especially is apostate right now. With the woke stuff that's coming into the church, I call that apostate. I call it heresy. Because now we're focused on something the Bible never focuses on. The focus in the Bible is on one man and one man alone. It is Jesus. 66 books, one thread, scarlet thread. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. So when the church takes its focus off of that and puts it onto social issues and man issues and earthly issues, we are missing the point of who we're supposed to be focused on. Amen? Why do we get it and a lot of people don't get it? Because as we're going to see, we've been deceived. Not we, but the church has. By YouTube videos by books, by all kinds of nonsense. Because, listen, the church wants to be liked by the world. Why is that? We will never be liked by the He said, Jesus said, if the world hated me, it's going to hate. But the church doesn't like that. It's like some politicians that want to cozy up to the media who ultimately hates them, but they'll do it anyway. It boggles my mind that Christians care what the world thinks about them. We shouldn't. We should love them, but we shouldn't care what they think about us. And so because we don't care here at Calvary Chapel Myrtle Beach, and we're not worried about gathering numbers, and again, if God wants to bring us 5,000 people in Myrtle Beach, Wonderful. And if God wants to give us that church across the street with a big building that's empty and held by a denomination that really shouldn't deserve it because they got it for a dollar, that would be okay too. But I'm just talking. <laughs> right? Whatever God allows and who he wants to come into our go. See, that allows us to do our job and not worry about if we are reaching this group or reaching that. We're just loving people. We're just wanting people to learn more about Jesus. And we, know, we want people to know where they are, especially right now in 2021. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Four, <laughs> 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. 
who, again, we're talking Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. What does that tell us? That Antichrist will, as we will see through Revelation, he will not only want to be worshipped, but he will force that worship upon the people. And if they don't receive the mark upon their right hand or on their forehead, they will not only be able to buy or sell, but it is a sign of allegiance. And eventually, next week, Lord willing, we'll see that he starts to put people to death. And again, that's real easy on planet Earth because man's been doing it for thousands of years. If we can get out of the second horse today, (laughs) or the first horse today. So, do uh, He says, do you not remember that, that when I was with you, I still told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he, that's the Holy Spirit, is taken out of the way. Please note with me, he says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. John says that in 1 John, that there have been many antichrists, and the idea of antichrist is a theme. This world is antichrist. Christians, again, we are the group that you can beat up anywhere, anytime, any social media platform, any media, any government, and it's okay. He says the coming of the lawless one, Uh, No, no, Uh, eight. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. (laughs) Woo, I love this. And destroy with the brightness of his coming. Jesus is going to whoop this guy. And he doesn't even have to bring out the sword. He just says, he just looks at him, go. Isn't that great? Bye. But I want you to see something. He says, um, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. This guy, when he stands on the scene, he is going to be given authority and power on planet Earth that no one has ever seen before. The drug use, that will, uh, it, will, it will skyrocket. How do I know that? Because in the Old Testament, the word pharmakia is our word for drugs. And when you see pharmakia in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it is always a gateway to the spiritual world. And I, no show of hands from you 60s people. You're like, I know. Peyote, not good. <laughs> and so it's a gateway to that. I, I have a feeling that every drug on planet Earth will be legalized. Every sexual deviant will be legalized. Everything that man ever wanted without God, without the Holy Spirit. Please note with me that the Holy Spirit is removed his force on planet Earth, which is keeping a lid on evil. But it doesn't say that he is removed for saving people. Please don't think that he's just gone. It's the restraining force on evil. God's pretty amazing, amen? He can do multiple, he's a great multitasker. And he can remove his restraining force on evil and still allow people to come to a saving knowledge of him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as we'll see, not today, next week, there will be a lot of people, it says, that come to a saving knowledge of Jesus when we're gone. Do you know how many Bibles? Do you know how many messages on the Internet? Well, they may ban them on YouTube. 
in all of those platforms. They may just have some algorithm that goes through and, and deletes everything. Um, but there'll be a plenty of material left over, and people will remember you, you crazy Christians, telling them. I remember I told my buddy a long time ago, and I had a um, buddy in high school. We were friends for a long time, junior high, high school, way after that. And we just, you know, as life is, right? People take different paths. God had called me to do what I was doing, and I'd given my life back to the Lord and wanted to dedicate myself to him, and, and my buddy didn't. And this is all I said to him. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to preach to you. Um, now, he knew my life. But I said, listen, there's a day coming that I'm going to be gone. A lot of people are going to be gone. And some guy's going to come on, and he's going to tell you to take this mark. And if you don't take the mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. I said, whatever you do, don't take that mark. That's all I said. I didn't. Was that heavy to him? No. He's going to remember that at some point. There's an angel that's going to fly around planet Earth telling people what's going on on planet Earth. There's a lot happening during this time. There's a lot of people come to, coming to a saving knowledge of Christ when we're gone. As we will see next week, they will have to die. They will have to give their life. Jesus gave his life for us, amen? amen? But they will have to give their life for him then. All right, let's finish with this guy. He comes with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. Remember, we started out today with a mass hysteria and a mass delusion. Here's the delusion that they should believe it's in the definite article in the Greek, the lie, the great lie. What is the great lie? Eve heard it. You can be like God. Mysticism and all forms of things are going to be rampant during this time. It is going to be unbelievable. I'm just thankful that we're not watching anything. We're having the marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years. Oh, can't wait for the ribs. Let's keep going. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie and that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in what? Unrighteousness. And the idea is this, and I don't want to be dogmatic because I'm running out of time, is what Paul is saying by the Holy Spirit is that if those today, and we're still here today, but if those today heard the message of Jesus and they rejected it in their heart. They were fully clear about it, but they rejected it in their heart, then that they will believe the lie, and for them to be saved after we're gone will pretty much be impossible. But there will be a lot of people after that who really didn't hear it, really didn't understand it, didn't understand it to a point, and then they see meteors coming down and angels flying around and two witnesses in Jerusalem, who are going to be Moses and Elijah. I mean, it's going, to be a, it's going to be like, what? And they're going to get saved because of that. But there are a lot of people that are going to believe this mass delusion. Let's go back now, finally, to Revelation 6. I think we're doing pretty good with one horse. But let's get to another horse. So he opened up the second seal, verse 3. And I heard the second living creature say, Come and see. 
And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, that people should kill one another, and there should be given to him a great sword. So, the first writer comes on the scene. I would, I would pose to you that there will be maybe several years of peace, maybe a year, maybe two years of peace. Remember, economic boom, all this going on. People are excited that these Christians are finally out of the way. But at some point, because man's heart is evil, right? Cain and Abel, there has always been death and war. Um, I think it was said that the planet has only experienced through its uh, 5,000 years of history about 60 years of peace. There has always been wars on planet Earth. Always fighting men against men, country against country, border against border, brother against brother, right? The Arab-Israeli fight, that's a brother against brother. That's a fight. But at some point, when Antichrist makes this peace with everybody, because the evilness of man's heart, they will go after each other, and God allows worldwide conflict to go. What does that look like? What weapons will be used? I have no idea. Could, could nuclear weapons? Absolutely. Could EMP pulses take out countries? Absolutely. And so this fiery red horse once uh, goes out and it was granted to him to take the peace. So the Antichrist brings a false peace, does he not? Like a typical politician. Lot of lot of promises, but man never delivers. Now he will have to subdue these battles because he can't look like he got egg on his face. Do you see that? So they're gonna break out, but he will have to put them down. And ultimately, this guy is who's in charge of everything. So he'll put down those battles. All right. Third seal. I heard a third living creature, verse five, say, Come and see. And so I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat, and I want you to think of this, just a measure of wheat. For our purposes, because we have sliced bread today, a loaf of bread. Got that? A loaf of bread for a denarii. A denarii is a day's wage. Now, a day's wage for everybody is all different. Think about your day's wage right now, or think about it before you retired, what your day's wage is. Everybody got that in their head? Let's say, just for a sake of, it's $100. $100 buys you a loaf of bread. You think the toilet paper shortage was bad? I mean, we, we laugh. We're not here. Amen. There will be a shortage of everything. Why? Because that's what war does. What did Germany and France look like after World War II? Well, if you're, if you're under 50, you may not understand that because they don't teach history. But those countries were decimated. They not only could not produce crops because of the bombs and the tanks and everything in the crop, field, but because of the loss of life during the battles, they didn't even have farmers to farm. 
let alone put a crop in, wait six months, right? That goes to the bakery. You have all of this chain. Uh, remember when we had a gas shortage just a little bit ago? <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I laugh all the time when these things happen because the world has no idea what's coming. Listen. There are, sh there are shelves in every single store, no matter if it's Home Depot, Lowe's, if it's Food Lion or Kroger, the shelves don't look the same that they used to look. It doesn't look like we're a first world nation anymore, does it? Now listen, part of that is by design, right? To be dependent. Look how good we are, the benevolent government giving. That's part of a design. But part of it is, this is what happens when you have um, a, a logistic system in our country, which is when it's sold on the shelf... And when it hits the computer, when there's no more on the shelf, the computer tells the warehouse, which is 500, 1,000 miles away, to put it on the truck so the truck will get here the next day or the day before. Does anybody remember what you, did anybody work in a store that had a stock room? Right? I did. They don't have stock rooms anymore. A supermarket used to have several days of food behind the wall that you never saw. We don't live in that world. So when, the, when anything happens, be it a shortage of gas and now diesel trucks can't take not only fuel, but it can't take the Walmart truck to the Walmart or to the Home Depot to get the parts. And so what do you see? You see shelves that are smaller and smaller and smaller choices and now we only have one ranch dressing i thought we should have 35 <laughs> one ketchup that's it amen do you see that so after a war there's always going to be a shortage and again because we don't understand agriculture and people aren't taught how our food gets to our table and then to our belly they don't understand that all of that logistic system during a worldwide battle goes away. Maybe you don't remember, maybe your grandparents told you what was like in World War II when there were days where you couldn't get sugar or butter or meat. Anybody remember those days? Right? Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't have that on certain days because they were sending that to them, and rightfully so. But now imagine that's on a worldwide scale. So he says, there'll be one measure of, or your day's wage will go for your loaf of bread or your substance. Now listen, what does that mean for a family and a dad? What does that mean for if he has adult kids at home? Because we know they're all moving back. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, by the way. As you as a parent, you're like, come on, but you got to have your own entrance, you know, or something. But what does that look like for a family at that point? Two or three mouths and just one person is providing and there's barely enough, which means there's nothing else available for you. It's just for you to survive. I would imagine the government would at some point come into this, but do you know that we only have a one-year supply of wheat in our nation? From a, it's from a strategic standpoint, we only carry one year. 
I'll tell you the other thing before I run out of time that most people don't understand is that we have a seed problem. And the seed problem is this. We don't have hybrid seeds anymore. It used to be that a farmer would farm. (laughs) No, duh. He would farm, and then at the end of his harvest, he would take some of the seed and he would put it aside for next year. Isn't that genius? But because we have multinational, thank you, Bill Gates. Do you know that he is one of the largest farm owners in our, in our nation? Oh, you didn't know that either. There's a lot of stuff they don't tell you in the news. So because of Monsanto and different organizations that now seed dies after the first time. So you can't take that seed and replant it. So what does it look like now when a worldwide whatever war has gone on and now the trucks can't bring new seed to the farmers and plant new seed in his crop and then that takes six months. Do you see the cycles that go? We have a seed problem. You and I don't have a seed problem. We will be in heaven. All right, let's get to this creepy last one. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four uh, creatures saying, oh, no, I did that, the court of wheat. Uh, Verse 7, and he opened up the fourth seal, and I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And the word is, uh, we get our word chlorine from that. It's, the idea is of a green, pale, like pea soup, throw up kind of, ew. Nice, huh? And the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed him. And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and by the beasts of the earth. I I have very little time, so let me get through this verse. So, what happens after war? Famine, right? We saw that. Then what happens after that? You usually have pestilence. You have diseases that come. So, the, the, fourth, the fourth rider is, who sat on it was death. And then, of course, Hades. They're taken to Hades who follow him. And power was given over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword. So, um, I just heard that they're trying to get, I don't know who's they're, they're trying to, but they had, uh, did a did a numbers of that our population will be around 10 billion. I think it was by 2030 or something. Let's just go with 10 billion because it's an easy number for me because I'm a government school educated, okay? What is a fourth of that? 2.5 billion. What does that look like? That's a big number, isn't it? That is Canada, America, all of South America. Gone. Just completely gone off planet Earth. You could think of it this way. India has a billion. China has a billion. Actually, India has about 1.4 now. Imagine both of those nations completely gone. So now we have a fourth of the population gone. And how is it gone? It's gone by sword, those battles. Gone by hunger because of the denarii. There is starvation going on because of the lack of distribution all, of, all, all around. Notice, with death and by the beast of the earth. So, that beast of the earth, it's interesting, 
because the uh, coronavirus has taught us something interesting. Actually, most of the, the modern-day um, plagues go from animal to human. The Black Plague, right? Um, stuff like typhus, which are fleas from rats, has killed billions in the last um, 100 years. Um, so we had World War I. What happened in 1919? Thank you. The Spanish flu. Well, that was animal to human as well. Most of the modern day pandemics, um, scary stuff, right? Ebola, all of that. Uh, SARS, all of the new stuff, especially from the 2000s on, all of that stuff is now genetically modified and it's made in laboratories. Don't be fooled, kids. <laughs> this stuff is all engineered, it's all in a lab, and it's all to trigger things that are already in your body. It's built by design. There's a reason why this last round, it didn't affect young people. It's built by design. But that doesn't mean that it will not trigger the next time it comes out and they might have a trigger inside of the virus. This is the stuff, and if I don't, if I say this way, this is the stuff that should frighten you. Not that you should be, because you're a believer, amen? But this is the stuff that's really frightening. This is the stuff that man is working on. I've mentioned this before. Do you know that they are working on a man-animal hybrid? This is not make-believe. We think, oh, that's the Avengers or, you know, those weird Marvel or DC comic thing. This is real stuff. And you know who's the pioneer of all that? China. And it's the United States funding the research in those areas because we don't want to be the ones that are look like that we're doing it. We're not doing it. Well, where's all that million dollars and what Fauci did in, in Wuhan? Oh, don't look at that. It's all real, guys. It's all documented. Taxpayers funded it. And how it was released, whether or not it was intentional or it was like, uh-oh, this is what's coming. And by beast of the earth. We, we think that, like, lions are roaming. It could be, but it called, because we know modern-day plagues, it's just engineered. And if you thought COVID was something, wait till the next one comes. And it accidentally gets released because a missile hit the laboratory. Right? Hit the laboratory. By the way, laboratories are hidden all around the world in places you don't think. Am I frightening anybody? You're like, I don't want to be in this section anymore. <laughs> By the way, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning in Revelation. We haven't even got to the scary stuff. How is that possible? This is just the beginning. This is God getting the world's attention. You guys woken up yet? You were talking about woke. They're really going to woke up in a Jesus way. Do you see that? But again, because we're not here, amen, we are not to be afraid. But it's... What is frightening to me is the heart of man to do evil. I, I don't want to go down this path, but 
why does China do all of this stuff? Why are they the ones doing it? You'll get a mint and, and an, an orange drink we got out there today. It's got a little 7-Up in it. It's refreshing. Anybody know why? It's not power. No God. Oh, orange drink for you, Andrew. Atheism. How can Russia do what they do? Atheism. China has a no-God policy. They don't have morals. And I don't mean that in a way that they can't do good. They can. But if your government has no basis of a constitution and backed by the Bible like we do, for the most part, (laughs) like we kind of know, But if you don't have that as a societal norm, then what's the harm of making an animal hybrid human? What's the harm of using abortion as your way of destroying life? That's your birth control. Russia has been using abortion as their birth control for decades. And their population is dwindling. Now the Russian government has to pay people to have kids. I wish the government would have done that earlier with me. (laughs) I'd have been like, woo! Cashing in. Mm -hmm. That's it for today. (laughs) I just looked at it and went, wait, I ran out of verses. And I'm under an hour. Listen, don't be afraid. No reason to be. This is for us to understand like Daniel was told, seal up the vision of the book. This is for you to tell people, you really don't want to be here. So accept Jesus now, amen? Because at one point, everyone will bow the knee. It's easier to bow the knee now than forced by the lamb. And they will say, hide us from the face of the lamb. The hardness of man's heart and the evil of man's heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for your your loving kindness towards your children to remove us before all of this happens on a Christ-rejecting world. We pray for the peace and safety of Israel as always, Lord. As we know, you will protect them. You will take them through this time. Yes, many of the Jews will die but many will live and come to a saving knowledge of you as well. And so, Lord, thank you that we live in the days that we see this all transpiring. We are excited to see what the next, this not only this year, but what will be to follow. So, Lord, thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. Let's worship this last song.